Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. We have a really good episode for you today. I'm going to get this little box out of the frame because... All right, so... Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. We have a really juicy episode for you today, and it is all about how to use marketing to drive sales. So I always like to describe what I do as creating sales-driven marketing strategies, but really all marketing should be driving sales, right? The purpose of marketing is really to be that assist for the sales But what we uncover as we dig deeper into the marketing strategy is that the marketing strategy is really what makes or breaks the ability to actually make sales, right? Make repeated sales. And we're going to talk about four specific components of a marketing strategy that you need to have dialed in, in order to grow and in order to actually drive that revenue. And so we're going to dive right in because we're all about action here at the Marketing for Startups podcast. So I'm going to share these four components with you, and then I'm going to give you a free resource, which you're absolutely going to love, and it's it's going to really, really help you um, to creating your sales-driven marketing strategy. So let's let's start with the most basic component of, of our business plan, and that is who we serve. Okay, so when we're first creating our business, a lot of us do something called creating our ideal client avatar. And while that, while that practice is very useful, a lot of times it's not focusing on the right thing. So we go through creating this ideal client, we imagine who this person is, and we, we can, you know, I've done this in many, many times um, before kind of adopting a more sophisticated approach, which I'm going to talk to you about today. But I used to just imagine, you know, I write, imagine the life of this person and how old are they? Do they have kids? Are they, are they married? Are they not married? Um, all of these sort of more superficial things. Um, but as I grew in my career and I had more experiences and I learned from Um, from different mentors, what I realized is this is sort of the linchpin of your entire business is getting your ideal client. But not only that, it's the communication with this person, right? Getting this dialed in and getting it done effectively. So an interesting statistic that I, I read just yesterday was, you know, we have this, these numbers, 90 plus percent of small businesses fail, right? But no, most, most often, it's, businesses don't fail because the product isn't good. It's actually quite the contrary. The product can be wonderful, 
But the reason why businesses fail is because they do not ever learn how to effectively communicate their service or product to this ideal client. And so when we're building these avatars, yes, we want to kind of picture who this person is, but more than that, we want to implement a framework where our customer is our hero. Now, you may have heard of this, the hero's journey and story brand and all of these things, but it is absolutely true. Because if there's one thing that you can take away from today's podcast, it's this. Your clients and customers, they don't care about you. They don't care about you. They only care about themselves. And that's okay. Because you, as a customer and client, and the, all of the various things that you purchase, you don't care about those businesses. Think about it. You care about yourself and what that business can do for you and your life to help you achieve your goals, to help you live into the vision for yourself that you have. The, the way that we spend our money is a reflection of the values that we have, the desires that we have, right? And moving towards uh, away from pain and towards pleasure. So when we're building a sales-focused marketing strategy, we need to remember that the way in which we connect with our ideal client is actually the work that we need to do. We need to build this figure in our minds, but more importantly, we need to map their hero's journey, right? So if, you, if this is the first time you're being um, introduced to the concept of the client or customer as the hero, I'll give you a very quick synopsis here which is synopsis, synapsis, whatever, is basically you look at your ideal customer and client as your character, right? And your character has a problem. They want something, but they have a problem, right? And this is sort of the same uh, structure as any plot to any, any movie or story that you've ever read, right? You have a character, the character has the problem, the character meets the guide or gets some piece of information that's going to help them overcome the problem that they have in order to obtain the thing that they want, right? And they have success and they avoid the pain or they avoid the failure, right? So we're just mapping that story at, in terms of our customers and our products or service, right? Our customers are the character, that's our hero. The problem that they have is our core pain points of our ideal customer and client, right? Right. The guide is us, us, our businesses, our brands. We are the guide. The plan that we offer our character, right? Our client or our customer. The plan is our product or service. And by using our product or service, we're going to help them overcome whatever their problem or their challenge was to get success. And so when you map out this journey, really understanding that framework, then all of the copy, the ad copy, the website copy, the sales script copy needs to be mapped back to that framework. Because we're trying to show our customer, our character, 
that by engaging with our brand, we're going to help them overcome their problem and make them the heroes of their own story. Now, the problem is, is that a lot of us, we believe that we or our brands are the hero, and that's not true. So if you look on your website or you look at your ad copy and you're and you realize that a lot of the way you're communicating is sort of showcasing how great you are, right? How much you've accomplished, all of this stuff. Your customers, they don't care about that. They only care about how you can help them. And it's really important to go through this phase before you start building out any tactics or any other strategies for marketing. This is a core, 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 uh, step step in building your business. And a lot of us kind of breeze past it. I think we get really obsessed with the product, right? And that's great for a period of time. We need our product to be good and useful and do the things that we want it to do. But even more so is this character, becoming obsessed with this character, how you can help them, what they really struggle with. Because as you dig deeper and dive deeper into understanding your hero, well, that feedback actually spills into everything that you do. It helps inform your sales team on how to sell better. It informs your product team on how to improve your product. It, improve, it, in your, um, it informs your customer service team. Because everything you do in your business is to serve your hero, your character, and make, and, and make them successful. And if you can get that right, you will not fail. But the problem is, is most businesses, they don't focus on that. They focus on themselves, right? Or how great the product is. You can have the best product in the world, but if you don't communicate the benefits well enough and map them to this framework on how it's going to help solve the problems of your character or your client or product uh, or customer, then it's dead in the water. You're not going to get traction and selling is going to be so much easier. It's uh, more difficult. It'll be an uphill battle. But when we have all this tied together, selling becomes much easier. So that brings me into part two. Okay. So the first is sort of really understanding your ideal client, but mapping them into this hero framework where our client is the hero and we are the guides and our product or service is the plan that we give to this character to help them overcome their adversity. That's number one. Number two is creating your marketing flywheel. So marketing is simple. It is simple. It's not easy, but it's quite simple. And when you adopt the, the 24 by seven marketing uh, flywheel, which is the sort of my rendition of the client value journey, right? I've created the 24 by seven marketing flywheel. Um, and I'm going to walk you through the stages a little bit today on the podcast, but this is the free resource that I have. If you go to the show notes or to the blog on ugly ventures, ugly with an I, U-G-L-I, ventures.com. Um, if you go to the blog, you can also click the link for the free download where I walk you through in great detail um, how to build out your 24 by seven marketing flywheel step-by-step step, so you can incorporate it into this, into your own business. But once you have your, 
uh, hero journey mapped out, the next step is to create your six step journey, right? This flywheel that converts your prospects, right? So reaches new audience and converts them into paying customers and then into being raving fans, right? That's sort of what we want for all of our customers to become raving fans and help to feel fuel the flywheel again. So the idea is that we, the first step is aware. So awareness is how are we reaching brand new audience that do not know who we are, right? So first we have to have prospects become aware of us. Then we move them into engage. So how are we going to capture their attention and and entice them to give us their email address so we can be continuing to market and build a relationship with them. So our engage phase is the second phase and that's more like where you would utilize a lead magnet, right? Which could be a piece of free content or a promotion, a promotional discount, something like that. So that's the engage phase, that's the phase two. The third is nurture. So once we have that email address, we need to nurture these leads. So we're going to be warming them up, right? Because as we warm them up, we get them ready to buy. So the nurture phase is, would be considered a weekly email, a podcast like I'm doing, right? A piece of content that you create each week. Um, or this could be showing up on social media every day or just ways in which your community gets to know who you are and the value that your company brings to them. But the nurture phase is really, really important for sales because what we want to be doing is we, be, we don't want to just be throwing content at folks. We want to be constructing our content plan in an intentional way that helps to get those prospects, those leads that we have on that email address ready to buy, right? So the period in which we invest in building the relationship is all building up towards asking for the sale, asking to book that sales call or to book that demo. But the idea is that when someone's receiving regular communication with you via email, for example, that is um, building that like no one trust factor. So in the awareness phase, that's the first step. These folks, they're cold. They don't know who you are really, right? And so we go through this process. So we have that person on our email list and they're getting communication from us regularly. And that communication is designed to show them who we are, how we serve you, and how we make you the hero of your story, right? And so the first uh, stage of this whole conversation where we're understanding our character, the problem we solve and all of that stuff and how we're their guide, well, that becomes the way in which we communicate the email, the emails that we send, um, the social content that we create. It's all for a purpose. It's not just to be fun and go viral. We are actually working on getting these folks ready to buy. And this is the critical part. This is the part which supports sales because we wanna be harvesting these opportunities through the email list that we can be passing on to sales, or we want sales team working in tandem with the leads that are receiving the marketing communication. So once someone becomes a lead, right, they give their email address. And oftentimes, you know, if you're someone that needs to get someone on demo, um, 
on a sales call for a demo, for example, or to sell on a call in that intake form, when you're in the, in the engage phase, you can ask for their telephone number and you can have sales team or a SDR, a sales development rep, be working those leads at the same time. So that person is getting your marketing messaging, which is adding value and showing that prospect how you help them and solve their problem at the same time that the sales team is reaching out. So then the sales team is not cold prospecting now. No, they're actually working a warmer audience, an audience that is going to be more likely to get on a call and more likely to convert into a sale because the marketing team has worked to make sure that those leads are, they have the context that they need in order to be ready to buy, right? So the nurture phase is incredibly important. And then after the nurture phase comes the invite phase. So this is where we're asking for the sale, right? As soon as someone gets into your email list, you don't want to be asking for the sale right away. You want to be doing a nurture sequence or is sometimes called an ascension campaign. And it's a series of emails that you drip out where you are really making that connection for people, how you solve their problem. And at the end of this ascension campaign where we're nurturing them and we're informing them on how we can change their lives and improve their lives, well, then at that time, we need to have some formal invitations to take the next step. And that's the invite phase. And the invite phase can come in the form of uh, a sales campaign. It can come in the form of that salesperson, right, that I mentioned before, trying to get people on the phone and trying to convert them. But that period of war warming up needs to happen. So the invite phase is the next phase. This is where we're really getting people on those sales calls or we're getting people to those sales page and we're asking for the purchase but we're not done yet because after they purchase with us and they have, and they're interacting with our brand, the next phase is delight. We want to make sure they have an amazing experience with us, be exceeding their expectations. That's the delight phase. And then from there is the last phase, which is advocate where we're asking for those testimonials or case studies or helping people close that flywheel by um, giving us referrals, right? We can do some referral codes or we can do some affiliate sort of work with our past customers, but essentially the testimonials, the reviews, all of those things help to actually fill that flywheel again, because we're leveraging that word of mouth marketing, which is incredibly effective. So you have to, have to, have to build out this 24 by seven flywheel for yourself. Go grab that free download. And I tell you, once you implement this framework, Decision-making becomes very easy because you should not work on any task or project within a, within a quarter or a year that does not contribute to your flywheel. So it gives you a little bit of a, a marker for kind of what to say yes or no to, which in marketing is, is very difficult sometimes, right? Because there's always so many ideas that are popping off um, and we need to have that filter to understand what is going to be worthwhile for us to execute or not put our team um, time, money, energy into. So recap, step one is creating our, our ideal client avatar our, uh, as the hero, right? So creating our, our story for our brand. Number two is creating our marketing flywheel. Number three is less of a framework and more of a principle. So once we have these two first steps done, the third part here is consistency. And this is like the unsexy truth about business, right? 
most businesses, they don't have this like windfall moment. I think a lot of founders, you guys, <laughs> I love you founders. Um, and I'm so happy you're listening to this podcast. A lot of times founders, you guys tend to have an expectation of the marketing department that we're going to execute on one thing. And that's going to like make all the dominoes drop, right? It's going to be like the one campaign or the one Action or the one partnership that's going to like change it all, right? And it is true. There are these windfall moments, maybe a really great PR coverage or a super stellar partnership that you land. But more times than not, the sustainable growth comes from just real like heads down consistency in executing your 24 by 7 marketing flywheel, but not only executing it, executing it and in, in a way that communicates that story, right? That communicates your hero's journey, right? So really consistently executing it, but also perfecting it, right? Making all of those pieces of the flywheel more effective um, in converting is the work. It's the work of the marketing department. And that actually is what gives you that sustained growth and success. Okay. And when you're applying that consistency, this is where the cross departmental communication becomes really essential because you want to make sure that everything that you're putting forth through your 24 by 7 marketing flywheel is actually working for your sales team. So you want to make sure that, hey, are our marketing qualified leads that we're putting through this process? Are they truly sales qualified leads? So when they get to you, are they warmed up enough, right? Um, are they, do they understand what we do? What is, what are the context they're getting into with the sales, with the sales calls? Like when, when you talk to them, what context are they coming to the call with, right? So that communication becomes really important. Or if you don't have a sales team, that can look like analyzing performance of your sales landing pages, right? Is there a high bounce rate? Where are people hovering? Where do they spend more time on that page? What are they abandoning cart? And at what point, right? And which ways can we um, improve those conversion rates? So the communication becomes really important. And also your CS team, right? What are people complaining about? What, uh, you know, where are they kind of confused? Being able to sort of uh, address those issues in the front end right? In the, when we're, you know, implementing all of our communication for marketing, our other departments can really help inform what may be missing from the puzzle. And so improving, perfecting your 24 by seven marketing flywheel is all that you need to worry about. All that you need to worry about in your business and in marketing. And for me, that makes that, for me, that gives me a big sigh of relief because when we're executing a bunch of things that, that don't, have a strategic plan around them. Um, you get disparate results. It's super stressful, lack of organization, and you're not able to really measure performance to make that those sales-driven decisions um, and those data-driven decisions, which is very, very important. So that brings us to the last piece, if you didn't guess. The last piece is measuring performance. So again, as consistent and measured and systemized you can be in the execution of your marketing, the easier it's going to be to measure the performance. 
So I alluded to this before, but you have this flywheel and the job, your job as a founder really is to make sure that your marketing team is executing in a way where the flywheel from each stage of the flywheel, this circle is converting at industry standard or better. And you can Google your industry, your vertical and see what the benchmarks are. Benchmarks for, um, for you know, website bounce rates, conversions for sales page uh, conversion rates, all of those things. You can set your performance against a benchmark, right? And this is kind of how we start building a scorecard. We first sort of have targets based on benchmark, but then hopefully we're surpassing those benchmarks, right? And then we can continue to create targets for ourselves that are pushing our team and pushing our creativity. So the, actually the fun creative part of it comes after your flywheel is already established and you see where the weak links are in your flywheel. And that's when you can start pulling those creative um, ideas out of your hat and seeing where they're gonna fit in the flywheel and will that help improve the conversion rate, right? So when we apply these four principles, right? Idea, uh, mapping our hero's journey, implementing the 24 by seven marketing flywheel, being consistent in our execution of the flywheel and everything that we do showing up and then measuring our performance, iterating and improving. Well, then we've created our machine, our marketing machine that's going to help seed qualified leads to your sales pages and your sales teams. And by improving the flywheel, you will begin to improve your sales conversions as well but it's a process, it's a process, and it takes many, many months to perfect. So I would really say, can I start today? Can I start today with implementing my 24 by seven flywheel? Can I start today by having a think on what is my hero's journey and mapping that out so you understand really clearly how you help your prospects, right? And in what way can you systemize your marketing? Because systemizing everything is the key systemizing is the key to growth because with clear systems and organization, well, you can see everything clearly and then improving those things become much easier because you know where you're starting and you know where you're working at and you know what you have to improve on or what you and your team may need to learn, right? So everything becomes clear. So I hope this episode was helpful for you. Please go ahead to the show notes and you can grab your free guide on how to build your 24 by seven flywheel. Um, or you can simply go to uglyventures.com. Let me, I'm gonna go ahead and check for you the exact URL so there's no confusion. Um, it is backslash, it is backslash overwhelm. Yes, ugly ventures backslash overwhelm, okay? And that is going to be your spot to download that free guide for how to build your 24 by seven marketing flywheel. I hope this was helpful to you. This is, you know, building on my 15 years experience as a marketing director and fractional CMO, and just going through many, many painful years of it being very difficult and an uphill battle. But when I started to see results, it was in, for my clients and for my own business, it was because I implemented a systemized repeatable, systemized, thoughtful, and intentional marketing program that enabled me to see everything clearly in order to grow. 
And I want that for you. All right. Until next week, have a beautiful, beautiful week and keep going. And I will see you here for more marketing juicy tidbits next week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you, and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.